Welcome to a Better Covenant podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Okay, I want to welcome you back again to my podcast and to my YouTube channel. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe if you've not yet subscribed and uh, like my like this uh, particular session so that we can generate more and more uh, viewership and reach more and more people because this is a seed that is being sown for the transformation of Nigeria and by extension Africa. So we are talking biblical perspective on civil government or a series that I've titled Plan B. And it's getting more exciting because we begin to realize that the authority of the state this is very important. And this is the thing that, that shaped free nations. This is, the, this is what caused free nations to be born out of oppressive states. When the Bible came to the nations of the world and they began to see from the word of God that the authority of the state is the authority of the family, they began to demand accountability from their government. They began to demand to have a say in the way they were governed or the way they are governed. So this is going to, this is going to have the same effect on our country, when our people begin to understand that, in fact, the authority with which the federal government is governing them, the authority with which the state government is governing them, the authority with which the local government is governing them, is the authority of the family. This is, the, this is your own authority that they are abusing. This is the authority that put them in power. And, and, in, and, and all the abuse, all the tyranny, all the oppression that has taken place, has been because the people themselves that own the authority have not been aware of it. And that's why Jesus said to the church, go and teach them. Take the revelation of the word. There is no greater antidote for oppression than education. If you want to have a free people, if you want to have a people that are free, strong and prosperous, you're going to have to start with educating the, the people. And that's what Jesus said. He said, go, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go and disciple the nations. That's to teach them. Because an educated people will always be a free people. And the abuse of governmental authority in Nigeria, all the stealing of public funds that has been going on is because the people are unaware of the they are unaware of their rights and privileges as given to them by God you see you see it's not it's not the state government that gives us rights it's not the federal government that gives us rights our rights are not ours because they were given to us by the government they are not ours because they were given to us by the by United Nations. These are our rights because God gave them to us. And as you begin to read, as you begin to read the word of God, you begin to see it. It, begin, it becomes obvious. And then you can begin to rise and demand accountability from those that govern you. Because you, you, you entrusted them with that authority. And when somebody comes to you, 
at election time and offers you a loaf of bread and says, sell your vote to me, <laughs> you will rise up in anger because you will begin to see to it that you begin to see that this person that is coming to you with a loaf of bread and says, sell your vote to me is actually like telling you to sell your family to them. You see. So, so this teaching has ramifications across the board, and, and, and I want you to see that. That the authority of the state, according to the word of God, and I'm going to give you more scriptures to prove that. The authority of the state is the authority of the head of the family. Now, Aristotle said, the political unit, Aristotle, the Greek philosopher said, the political unit, the state, he's talking about the state as a political unit, you know, the, 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 like talking about the state of Nigeria, the state of Ghana, the state of Gambia, the state of Ivory Coast, or any of this Burkina Faso, or South Africa. He says the political unit, the state, grew from the minimum society, which is the family. Can you see that? Aristotle said that. He said the political unit grew from the family. In other words, the family is the source of the country. There will be no country if there is no family. <laughs> you see, there will be no Nigeria if there were no family in Nigeria. The authority that makes up the authority of the federal government in Nigeria is the authority of the family. They rule you and govern you with your own authority. When they're abusing that authority, it's your authority they're abusing. They take advantage of your ignorance to use that authority to steal from you and abuse you. So when we begin to understand it, when the church begins to understand this, then we can begin to demand accountability from those that govern us. It's very easy and it's very straightforward. Now, St. Augustine spoke of three spheres of government, the home, the city, and the globe. The home, the city, and the globe. The city then is a, the, the city is another way of talking about the state. So St. Augustine, the, 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 one of the early Christian philosophers said, he said the, there are three spheres of authority or three spheres of government. You have the home, the sphere of government called the home. Then you have the family or so you have the home. Then you have the state. Then you have the globe, the, the, the earth as it is. So all of them, the, the authority of the state, the authority of the globe, the entire planet, they, they all derive from the authority of the father which is in the home. So now I want us to look at one or, more, one or two more scriptures along these lines. Let's go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers, Numbers 13. Let's go to Numbers 13. Now, uh, let's start to read from verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. Now look at the look at the order of the words here. We're talking about the biblical blueprint for the state. How can we how can we have a government that works for all of us? 
how can we have a government that is accountable? How can we have a government that is representative of all of us? How can we have a government that makes us happy as a people? Well, you're going to have to understand the, the origins of government in the place, first place. Where did it come from? And how does it work? And so that's what we're dealing with here. So when you look at this scripture, you, you see some interesting things. He said, he's talking about the nation of Israel now. He says, the Lord spake unto Moses, says, send thou men that may search out the land. This was a reconnaissance trip or spy, spying trip. They went to, this is a military strategy anyway. Before you go to war, you, you have to have some kind of information about the man that you're going to, the, the, the nation that you're going to be fighting with. This is intelligence. This is intelligence gathering. You see. So, 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 so you have the, 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 the rudiments. You have the beginnings of reconnaissance, the beginnings of um, state intelligence, right here, you know. So you, if you have, you have governments, you have institutions of government, you have the military, which consists of the Air Force, like in Nigeria, you have the Air Force, you have the Navy, you have the, the, the Army. Then you have other units that work with the military. You have the, the, the army itself has its own intelligence unit. Perhaps the Air Force has, you have the, 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 the Navy. They all have their own intelligence gathering units. And then the state itself, the nation itself has its own intelligence organization that gathers internal and external intelligence. Like when we talk about America, for example, you have the Central Intelligence Agency that gathers intelligence about the nations of the world and feeds that intelligence to the, to the government of the land, of the, the government of America. So, so these are the rudiments. This is the rudiments. Like in Israel, you have the Israeli Mossad. So every nation has intelligence units. So this is, this is the rudiments of that intelligence that we're talking about here. You see, so as Israel began to evolve into a nation, God began to God began to put the beginnings of state institutions in place. So this is the beginning of that institution called the intelligence unit of the of the nation. You see, so God, as they began to progress toward the development, full blown nationhood, God began to put one after the other the seeds of the institutions that will make up the state of Israel. Okay, so this is one of them. This is this is one of them. So let's see how it, see how it worked here. It says, "Send thou men that may search the land of Canaan, which are given to the children of Israel. Every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man." Now notice the wordings here. It says, "Send men." Then it says, "Of every tribe, send a man. Everyone a ruler among them." So here, so here are the words that God uses: men, tribe. Fathers and ruler. These are the four words that we see here in connection with the state. It says, men, these men should come out of every tribe and the tribe of their fathers. Okay? And then every one of them is a ruler. So you see the word here. Say that, so the, the nation of Israel was made up of tribes, 
And these tribes came out of the 12 sons or 12 families that made up the nation of Israel. You know, Jacob had 11 sons and one daughter. Now, out of those 11 sons, Joseph had two kids, two, two sons. One of them was Manasseh, one of them was Ephraim. And these two were adopted by Jacob when he was about to die. And he took them into his family as though they were his own sons. And then added to the other 10 tribes, they made up, or 10 sons, they made up 12 sons. So we can say, having adopted two, the two sons of, Jake, of Joseph, Jacob had 12 sons. So these 12 sons became 12 fathers. And these 12 fathers produced the 12 tribes that produced the nation of Israel. So again, you see the origin of the nation itself. The origin can be traced back to the fathers. Consistent with what we saw in Genesis chapter 10. That the family has its origin or let's put it this way, the nation or the state has its origin in the family. And the authority of the nation or the government is the authority that was invested in the father as the head of the home. So this is what is coming out here in scripture. This is very, very, very clear. And as we begin to understand this, you know, if only the church would teach this to the to the to his members, do you know how this will transform the country? So we we see here. Uh, I, I just read that again. Send down men that they may search out the land of Canaan, which are given to the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a ruler among them. So you see this word ruler here coming out of the fathers. The word ruler here, let's look at that word ruler here. The Hebrew word translated as ruler here is the Hebrew word nasi. Nasi, N-A-S-I. N-A-S-I. Nasi. That Hebrew word nasi. Um, this word means can be translated as king, monarch, prince, ruler, captain, chief, or sheikh. That about covers everything. So he's talking about, he says, every one of those that you are going to send should be representative of their tribe. Every one of them, a king, a monarch, a prince, a ruler, a captain, a chief, or a sheikh. So you see where they all came out from. They came out of the family. So the authority of the king, the authority of the monarch, the authority of the prince, the authority of the ruler, the authority of the sheikh, the authority of the chief. In Nigeria, we have chiefs, we have traditional rulers, we have tribes, and these tribes have their kings, they have their chiefs, they have their traditional rulers. All those authorities 
came out of the authority of the father as the head of the family. That's the biblical model. Which eventually, like I said, I mean, there was no country called Nigeria all, all along. I mean, it was put together by the British. What we had were tribes. You had the Igbos, you had the Yorubas, you had the, the, you had the Hausas, you had the Fulanis, you had the Robos, you had the, you had the Benins, the Edo's, you had the Shekiris. These were the, these were the people that were there until the British came along. You see. So, so, so all the authority, when you take the authority of the tribes, all the different tribes that make up Nigeria, they, then they constitute the authority of the states, then they constitute the authority of the central government. So it's the same authority of the family that goes all the way to become the authority of the federal government. The authority with which the government of Nigeria today is governing the country is the authority of the family, is the authority that God gave to the family from the beginning. And this is the truth that Judeo-Christian nations are founded upon. This is the reason why they demanded accountabilities of their accountability of their governments. This is the reason why they demanded to have a say in the kind of people that govern them. Because they represent you, they represent me. When you understand that the authority of the federal government is your own personal authority as a head of a family, won't you be interested in the kind of person that goes to federal government that becomes head of state? Because it's representing you. Actually, when you cast your vote during elections, you are actually delegating your authority to the state government. You are delegating your authority to the central government. You are delegating your authority to the local government. You are saying, take this authority and use it on my behalf. That's the reason why you will become very, very, very careful the kind of person you give that authority to. Because he's going to use that authority on your behalf. The government, therefore, those that occupy positions of authority, therefore, are caretakers on behalf of us. This is the biblical conception. This is the biblical model. This is the biblical blueprint. This is what the word of God says about government. So let's look a little bit more. Let's look at uh, First Timothy chapter. Let's go to First Timothy, New Testament, First Timothy. Chapter 2, 11 to 15. You see, change doesn't just come through the barrel of the gun. I mean, if, it was, if change came through the barrel of the gun, I mean, all these successive coups that took place in Nigeria would have transformed Nigeria. You see. Change doesn't come to a people, to a nation through the barrel of the gun. Change comes through the renewing of our mind. Change comes when our thinking, when our, our, our worldview, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at society, the way we look at things, when it begins to change, that's when our lives and our world begins to change. Right now in Nigeria, and I can tell you, in the most of Africa, most black people, most of black Africa, most of Sub-Saharan Africa. I would say Africa as a whole, as a continent, we see government apart from ourselves. 
we see those in government apart from ourselves. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible teaches you not to see government apart from yourself, not to see the authority by which you are being governed apart from the authority that God gave you from the beginning. That becomes the basis upon which you will begin to demand representative government. We are going to come to that as we go forward in this teaching. It's your biblical right. It's your God-given right. It's your, it's your God-given heritage. Good government is not... Is not um, uh, government, good government, accountability is not something that uh, is not is not a gift that is given to you by some special class of people. It's not something that's given to you by the even the constitution of Nigeria is not what gives it to you. It's your God given right as a creature of God that was placed on this earth by God. He gave you certain rights, certain privileges, and certain responsibilities. And the right to govern and be governed comes from God, not from man. And the government of the land is the government of the family. Okay, so that gives you a God-given right to expect accountability from those that govern you. It's not the United Nations that confers these rights on us. It's not the... The nations of the of the Western world, you know, the uh, look at us. You know, Africans must have good government. We must no. This, those are not the ones that give us these rights. We have a God-given right to expect accountability from those that govern us. God gave us that right, and the power with which they govern us is the power of the head of the family, and and we are proving that as we go forward. Let's go to First Timothy chapter. Let's read from uh, In fact, I would like to read from verse 8 I will therefore that men everywhere That men pray everywhere Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting In like manner also that women adorn themselves In modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety not with bright broided hair or gold or appears or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. He's talking about family now. He's not talking about this man is talking about the apostle Paul. He's teaching about family life now. He said, Let the woman learn in silence and with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach not to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. But Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they, that is talking about man and woman, continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So he's talking about the the authority structure of the home. He says the man comes first and then the woman. He's talking about the, the government in the home, which eventually translates into the picture of government in the church. You see, so when you talk about the church, the body of Christ is likened to the woman, the bride, and then Christ as the head of the church is likened to the man or the husband. So Christ is the head 
of the church, the church then is subordinate or subject to Jesus as the head of the church. So he's saying the same thing applies in the home. The man is the head of the home and the woman comes after and after that the kids. So, but in terms of the exercise of that authority, it's a joint authority between the man and the woman. It's just that in terms of hierarchy, in terms of accountability, the man is held accountable first. So when you talk about the authority of the family, you have the authority of the man, the authority which is also jointly held by the man and the woman, and then the rest of the family. Now, that authority is what becomes the authority of the state. Get that, because that is going to revolutionize your life. It will transform your life. It will transform the way you look at everything. It will transform the way you look at government and the institutions of government. You see, so this is what is coming out here. And the authority of the state is the authority of the family. And I'm going to, I'm going to be visiting this as, as, this is something that's going to be recurring over and over again as we go forward. So now let's go to Romans chapter 13. There we are going to see a scripture that's been like a puzzle to me. And like a puzzle to a lot of us. Romans chapter 13, and I'm going to end in Romans chapter 13 today. Let's go again to Romans chapter 13. That's in the New Testament. Okay, now, let's read from verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no authority but of God. But the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, and they that receive, resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same. Now, this is a very, very, I would say, this is a scripture that puzzled me for a while because when Paul wrote this, um, under the inspiration, when Paul wrote this, when, when he wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there were no, there, there, there wasn't any such a thing as a democratic government at that time. The Rome was, uh, uh, it was an empire and Caesar was like uh, authoritarian. It was the ultimate authority over Rome. And uh, uh, on the earth at that time, there weren't really democratic governments that we have them today. today. Uh, you know, they were just central authorities that, that had all the power and all the authority concentrated with them. And uh, at this particular point in time, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, you know, these this, uh, this Caesars, many of them, like Nero, he was a nasty human being. Nero was wicked. Nero was, uh, Nero was, uh, when you talk about a wicked ruler, he was a wicked ruler. So the thing that, 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 that troubled me with this scripture at the beginning was, was, uh, was uh, I was mistaking this for approval. I was thinking at that point in time that 
by writing this, Paul was approving of wicked government. Far from it. That's, he wasn't approving of the form of government. He wasn't approving of the presence in government. You see, he wasn't approving the actions of Nero at that time. No, he's just telling you that government itself is God's plan for humanity, particularly after the fall of Adam. The government became even more necessary on planet Earth to primarily preserve the family, to be a terror unto evil, and to protect the family. And in protecting the family, we protect, uh, uh, protected the, the, the plan of God in the earth. So this is what this scripture is talking about. It's talking about the authority. It says there is no authority but of God. In other words, what he's saying, the authority of the government is the authority that God gave to the family at the beginning. That's why he admonishes us to be subject to the authority of the land. Because the authority of the land is the original authority that God gave to the family. And we can trace that authority to Genesis chapter 1. I said I will end here, but, but let me just go back to Genesis chapter 1. And then we see where all this authority began. All this state power, all this uh, governmental power, governmental authority. Let's see where it all began, where God laid it out and God granted it to humanity. Is go You go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's read from verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. That's the word now. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, in male and female created he them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and said, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and what? Subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So this is where the authority began. The authority with which uh, a man was invested which became the authority of the head of the family, which became the authority of the state. It all began here in Genesis chapter 1, reading from verses 26 to 28. It was originally invested with the Adam as the head of the family. Then eventually it became the authority of the state. So we're going to be looking more into that in our next podcast and in our next TV broadcast. And I come your way again, the Lord Jesus Christ, head of the church, keep you and bless you. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc.org at a better covenant dot o r g